Good morning and welcome back to the Live It Every Now podcast. My name is Jake. And my name is Will. And today we're talking about one of the various aspects of general health and ultimately uh, fueling your creativity. And this episode is called Food is Fuel. Food is Fuel? Food is Fuel. So if you're not already on this wave... I'm hoping today to... If you're not on the wave of eating food. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you're not on the wave of, um, I guess, not bringing intentionality into your diet, I want to convince you today that it's important and that it's part of ultimately fostering more creativity and... Fuck off. (laughs) More creativity and, um, yeah, a better version of yourself. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So um, I'll, I guess I'll start off first with my own sort of downfalls. I haven't always had the best relationship with food. And for a large part of my life, I was over, not not like grossly overweight, but overweight. Okay. So I dealt with uh, having high fat content or um, and definitely having a large uh, body shame issues, like having some sort of body dysmorphia. Um, etc. And that's that stems from like being made fun of as a kid and stuff. And like, not I'm, this is not a boohoo story. I just want to I just want to kind of provide context before we get into this this discussion. That it, there was sort of a turning point in high school where I started taking food more seriously and started um, eating important foods that I thought were important foods and not having caffeine. For example, I, we talked about the whole Tim Tebow mm-hmm. thing and and just curtailing my diet to be in te- more intentional and, and the, because I was trying to be an athlete. Okay. So because of that, I started, that's what my introduction to this life was. Um, I also, for more context, I grew up in a household of chefs and they're constantly cooking good food and it's very tasty, but it's not necessarily good for you. So I think for the most part, people wouldn't look at these meals and say that they're bad for you, but they definitely could be more intentional with your health benefits as far as how this food can not only be good and there, there this is a possibility it can not only be good but also be nutritional or nutritious and fulfilling from a fuel standpoint and that's what I want to mm-hmm. get across in this episode so now that you're no longer actively pursuing trying to be an athlete yeah what is it that makes you care about Nutrition. So ultimately food is now I, I might be on some sort of limb here, some sort of branch that many people might not be on, but I think traditionally, especially in sort of more Eastern medicine and things of that nature, that food is health and food is medicine. And when and fu- food is fuel, like I'm saying, I think when you start to look at it like that, you can you can include and disclude things from your diet in a way that keeps you healthier, keeps keeps your body functioning better, keeps your brain functioning better, and ultimately makes you a better version of yourself, which is what I'm getting at. And I seek to be a better version of myself, and this is this is where all this comes from. So. I've noticed that upon including and discluding certain things and it basically experimenting on myself over long periods of time that 
I start to develop really good habits in food that are having measured impact in a positive way on my life. And um, either the inclusion or disclusion of said food too can have a negative um, impact in the same way. So just, I guess, just trying to figure myself out from a nutrition standpoint and figure out what makes my body tick and how can I think the best um, really motivates me to continue this this uh, pursuit. And I will say as I've gotten, I touched on this a bit with food as medicine, but as I've gotten more and more serious about um, including appropriate nutrients in my diet, um, I've been very rarely sick. Hmm. So I think that if, you know, a, lot, a large part of our public health system in America, I feel is, a, is we're one of the most obese nations in the world. And I think that a large, what puts a lot of stress on our public health system is, is the lack of intentionality in our uh, nutrition. And I think if everybody took this or adopted the mindset of food is fuel, food is um, health, food is medicine, that they would, and I realize this is an opportunity thing too. Uh, there's definitely disparagement between food that you can buy and food that you should buy. And, and what that means for certain communities and how, how much they can afford, um, which we can get into too. But ultimately, that puts stress on our public health system is what I'm getting at. And I think that that's, that's uh, like an over – I think that we should be investing more into the education of nutrition, more or less. Yeah, you'd think that the government would have a good incentive to put out right. good information about nutrition, but it feels like they don't do that. Right, well. and I think I think – all the all the plays that they've done to, I think, get more serious about nutrition feel like plays to me. Looking back, yeah, and like plays, plays like marketing plays, okay. money money grabs instead of a true intentionality of making people better. I don't think it comes from a benevolent place. At least when I look at targeted campaigns like the Got Milk campaign, um, I is that by the government? I thought that was by Big Milk. Um, I'm pretty sure that, like that was in all public schools. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Got Milk was yeah. like in, I mean, look, think back. I did not go to any public schools. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spoiled. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't remember it in Leavenworth at least, but I don't know. Yeah. In our, in our grade schools and public grade schools and, and in DOD schools, That's funny. I had Got Milk um, wow. posters. I guess, yeah, milk is cool. I don't think it's good for you, though, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, get into that. Okay, what what so, kind of diet do you follow? So um, before we get into that, can we say that for sort of the second half? I, I want to I talk about a little bit more of um, mindsets of mm -hmm. this because I've, I genuinely feel like much like money is about how you view money instead of literally putting, you know, certain things in certain places. It's, you know, the, a large part of the work is getting your psychology in the right place mm -hmm. to then put your money in the right places. Yeah. Um, so like when you're, you know, when you're running away from your finances, even if you know about zero based budgeting and you, and you don't do it, you're not going to apply these methods. So that's why I kind of want to cover the psychology okay. of what we're talking about. So really this is a psychology of food. And, and I think, uh, just stressing the importance of the perspective shift of food is not uh, glutton. Like I've had a gluttonous relationship with food at times when I was transitioning from being more of an athlete to being more of a regular person, a NARP, some may say. Mm 
Um, <laughs> I, I love the word narp. Yeah, narps are narps are classic. Um, but as I was transi- as I was transitioning, I noticed I was eating way too much because I was used to eating a lot, and because I was used to burning so many calories, and that caught up with me very quickly in college when I was working out still, but I wasn't burning like 3000 calories a day. I was burning like a thousand, which is still a lot, but 3000 is preposterous. You basically can eat whatever you want. And I think, um, that, that was an important shift is just being aware of that and, and being, uh, able to see that. So what I want to suggest to, um, everyone really is just that track your macros is a really good place to start. And I think that there's a very slippery slope there too, because you can easily get really obsessed with it. And I've been an unhealthy, I think, you know, body is really difficult because we have so much pressure publicly to look a certain way. I feel like if you buy into it and it's easy to buy into because you want to look nice, like you want to, you want a good mate and stuff like that. Like there's all these public pressures to have a good body, but I think that makes this a really food and body have a close relationship with, um, and kind of, kind of a slippery slope in our own mental for how we process that. And, and what I mean by that is like, like self-worth. Yeah. Like you can easily slip into being obsessed about being skinny or being obsessed about being super muscular. And even if you're in the gym all the time, a lot, I've, yeah, I've met some of the most insecure people in the gym and they might have the best bodies you've ever seen. And you would think of them as so, so proud and into that. But all oftentimes many of the most insecure people I've ever met has been in the gym. So it's, it's just interesting. Um, and, and we have to be careful as we approach each of these things, but I do say track your macros just for just once. Um, even, even just for like a week or a month, just giving yourself the understanding of what you're consuming and understanding the nutritional value of the things you're putting in your body. Because we, if, until you do that step, I feel like you can be pretty un- unintentional pretty easily with all the things you consume. Like if you're not reading nutrition labels and you're not understanding what the quantities are of the nutrition labels, you end up in a place where you're consuming a lot of something you might think is healthy. For example, the other night I ate so many mangoes, um, (laughs) so many dried mangoes and mangoes off top sound like very nutritional, nutritious or not very, but not a bad food to eat. Mm -hmm. But if you eat a whole bag of dried mangoes, that's not good for you. It's, it's the same thing as eating a bowl of ice cream as far as sugar content. So you need to be careful about, um, and intentional about nutrition labels, tracking your macros and just give yourself that perspective. And it wasn't until I was able to start tracking my macros that I realized, wow, I'm eating so many calories each day. And at the end of the day, losing weight, gaining weight, all of it just comes down to caloric intake and we can break down macros proteins and fats, or I mean, proteins, fats, and uh, carbs. But, um, I think that's more of an individual thing and I can tell you mine, we can get into that too, but yeah. So I've never, I guess, cared about nutrition Uh deeply. And I've, I've literally had the exact same body since I was an infant. Like I've always just been a a skinny, like, yeah. Lanky dude. Uh Um, and I was never, I guess, intentional about my food. Like I just ate what my mom cooked and then went to college. I ate what was at the cafeteria. Yeah. And like now that I'm an adult and have to make food, I I feel like I'm not super versed in like what a good diet is. And there's so many different competing ideas like veganism and yeah. keto, which is like what I'm currently trying out. But yeah. It's 
it's hard and I think everyone's a little bit different, but exactly. I think that you're, you're smart for pointing out nutrition as an important factor in a lot of different areas of your life because you are your body. Yeah. And if your body's not making you happy, if it, if it's hurting, making you sick, like that is affecting you because you are that thing. Seriously. And taking care of this thing that we have kind of feels like, especially if you break apart from like dualism and you start thinking about your soul as your brain, it becomes super important to me to think about how I can foster the best anatomic, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, organism that I have here. Like I want, I want to make this the best environment for my soul to live in. If, if that so is in fact mm-hmm. my soul. And like the fact that that's even a possibility makes me very motivated to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you pointed out the slippery slope of trying to perfect your external look. Yeah. But I think that looking good naked is a valid goal. I, I think, I think so too. You, like you should want that. I think so too. And I, and I don't want, I don't, I want people to be happy with themselves. I think that this is this goes back to our contentment versus ambition conversation, actually, because again, it's such a balance. You have to be happy with who you are and what you are at the moment, but you also have to be able to look at yourself rationally and and say there's room for improvement mm-hmm. here. And and that's such a hard balance when you've been made fun of for being fat in the past and mm-hmm. things like that. And I think it takes a, like, again, the psychology of this is much more challenging than actually having a good diet. Being, mm-hmm. wrapping your mind around loving yourself and still wanting more for yourself and in your physical sense is very difficult to do. But I, I definitely don't think being fat is okay. Like, I don't think that that's a healthy choice in your life. I mm-hmm. think that you should, you should strive to have a lean body mass and you should strive to be able to, to run fast and, and run long and lift hard. And especially as a young man, I think that we should be trying our best to, I love that quote that you always say, what, what is that one? Do you remember it off the top of your head? Um, it'd be a shame to not know the strength of a, my young man self or something like that. I don't know it off the top of my head. Um, it's a quote by Socrates and it's something like, no citizen has the right to be untrained in the matters of physical training uh-huh. because it's a shame to grow old without knowing the beauty and strength of which your own body is capable. Yeah. So like kind of going back to you are your body and if, yeah. you, if you never master the physical aspect of your body, you're kind of losing out on a level of fulfillment that is intrinsic to being human. Yes. And I, 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 I can feel that when I've, I've, I feel like I've been super, just jazz with myself when I can lift a strong amount of weight or I can run faster, or I can jump higher. Mm-hmm. And that, and those achievements for myself are sort of man in the arena achievements. Like nobody else helped me do that. Mm-hmm. I did that all myself. And I think that that's a nice layer of fulfillment just from a personal confidence level. Um, as long as you take it the right way. So I kind of think it's not like super black and white about like, how do you define health? Yeah. Like, being able to lift a lot of weight does not make you healthy. Uh-uh. You know, being able to run fast does not make you healthy. No. Being a little bit overweight does not necessarily make you unhealthy. Exactly. So there is a little bit of a nuanced discussion about how you define health and like yeah. kind of pointing your arrow towards health mm-hmm. is, it's not 
easy. It's not. And I, I think the key to this problem is just approaching it with intentionality. So there's, I don't look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I, I have it figured out. You know, mm-hmm. I, you know, Jake health, we're, we're, we're a duo for life. We've got this mastered. That's not my approach at all. But what I do know is that this, this kind of goes back to our excellence conversation is I can't be my fully best self if not if I'm not approaching important factors in my life like my health and my uh, mental fortitude based off of literally the components I'm working with up here and my creativity with intentionality because ultimately, like I said, food is fuel. And if I can get very intentional about what I'm putting in my body, I know I can be... Uh, I can probably sleep better. I can probably um, have higher libido. I probably can uh, gain muscle quicker. I probably can work longer, focus longer. So is that your definition of health? So I, I think that I think I'm just approaching my nutrition and my health with excellence is what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure it out. And I, okay. I, I guess it's, that's, that's my approach to health. I'm trying to get better where I see that I can. And, and I, I view health very long-term. Like I want to make sure I'm mobile and I want to make sure I'm limber. Mm-hmm. And those are two different things, by the way. I think that the, that's an important distinction. I want to make sure my heart's in good shape, that I mm-hmm. peak my RPMs every now and then. And um, I, oh, <laughs> well, I just mean my, I peak my beats per minute is what I, my BPM, I guess. Um, Every, every so, now and then. So what is the end goal though? Like, I just want to be as healthy as I can. And I want to be the, how, what is, what is healthy? That's what I'm getting at. Cause my definition of health is, yeah. is very much like how many years can I live in this body? How can I oh, optimize? I like, so everything that I do in terms of health that is intentional, which is not that much, honestly, I'm, I'm not like a healthy or is not, I'm not as healthy as I could be. But when I do try to be healthy, it, it's from the mindset of, I'm one day I'm going to be old and I don't want to hurt when I'm old. I guess I think about it more in the day to day. I don't think I, I do. I don't care about lifting heavy weights. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's an important aspect of health per se. I just think that the ability to be able to go under a bench and start training muscle probably is an important aspect of health, but yeah, and, I don't and like muscle mass is really good for, for bone density, which helps right. you when you get old. Yeah. So it's important. But, yeah. But I don't, I don't view it as like, I equally view it as important long-term just for, I want to be able to run around and chase grandkids if I so choose to, you know what I mean? And like enjoy my life. I don't want to hurt at that certain mm-hmm. age, but my day to day is all about how can I fuel this body to not be sick? Because I feel like sickness is one of those just unfair things that approaches our lives that I want to try and reduce the, the maximum amount I possibly can. I want to try mm-hmm. and reduce my sickness as amount as possibly as, as much as I possibly can. And that's why I'm so big into like greens, for example, because I feel like greens and spices, some spices and roots are very important in reducing uh, sickness. And, and I care about my heart health. I care about um, being able to focus longer. I care about fats fueling my brain. And um, that's why I take my fish oils and, I'm, I'm worried about my joints later, like I said, but I, I, I ultimately am trying to optimize for the most productive and creative person I possibly can be today. Um, as far as what my body, um, when I'm thinking of food as fuel and I, I want to have high energy. Mm -hmm. I want to be a good lover, a good friend. I feel like those things are come from food at the end of the day, because that's what I'm, that's how I'm feeling my body. That seems like a lot of different aspects in your life, but how do you, how do you measure it? Like, how do you know if you're healthy? 
is it just a feel thing? Like, oh, I feel healthy? Because that's a pretty good measure for it. Yeah, I think feeling good is a great measure for it, actually. I think mm -hmm. when you feel good, you play good. Um, but that's a little abstract, right? I think good measures that I actually particularly pay attention to is like my body fat. I try and mm -hmm. keep my body fat down. I, I'm constantly uh, self-gauging my effort and energy levels. I'm trying to get longer and higher energy reserves and energy levels so that I feel energetic longer throughout the day. I don't want to crash. I want to be steady. Mm -hmm. Do you use any, any metrics? Um, no. Body fat percentages? Yeah, body one. fat's like a hard one. Uh, the other ones are really just feeling. Mm -hmm. I'm not a fan of body mass uh, or uh, body fat percentage. Like I know we've talked about this before. Yeah. I have a really low body fat percentage, but uh -huh. I'm not healthy in terms of like strength right that works for me because mm -hmm. that's something like i have good strength i need to cut down on body fat mm -hmm. that's 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 just an optimization that works for me and ultimately like everything we say in this conversation is not prescriptive like you have to figure this out for yourself mm -hmm. nutrition is such a case-by-case -case basis i i genuinely feel and i feel like that's why there's so much conflicting info out there on the internet because everybody's kind of shoving their own perspective into this this void like the internet, um, and they're saying this works, this works, this works, this works, and that's why I think people can feel overwhelmed when they're trying to start taking their nutrition seriously. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have a ton of hard metrics. I would say one other metric that is really important to me is how often I get sick, and I feel like that's a direct correlation between sleep, probably being the major one, and then nutrition being second. But I, I had this thought recently where I looked in the mirror and I said that doesn't look like a disciplined or excellent approach. And that motivates me and not in a negative way at all. Like I still love myself. I still think I, I, I honestly think I have a great body right now. Like I love that, but I know I can be better. I know I can do, I can demand more of myself and I can, I can approach this with more excellence because I strive for excellence. I want to be excellent. I want to try hard. And I know that I can do more in this area based off my self-evaluation. So that was, that was an interesting thought to me. And, and mm. like a nice, I'm glad that I have those moments that I can do so lovingly because I've been very critical before too. And that's like a big, you know, emotional hurdle. Yeah. But, oh man. Okay. So on the point of there being lots of conflicting info, I, I don't know what any other better advice to tell people then and other than just try all kinds of stuff. Yeah, I don't think we should be giving advice in this episode, yeah. but like what has worked for you? Yeah, well like, yeah, I can I can tell you that. Uh, so I'd love to know. <laughs> so successes for me are starting with reducing things. So one of the one of the best feelings I've ever felt, even though I cr crave it and miss it, is reducing sugar and or cutting it out completely. And every time I reduced sugar or cut it out completely, I just feel better. I don't mm. have energy spikes. Okay. You know, and I, I don't know, like my skin's better. Um, that's a good measure again. Yeah. Um, also drinking water is super important. So that's, that would be another thing I would add, add to this, like up your, up your water to like, try and push yourself, try and get to like two gallons every day. Like don't okay. settle for one, try and push yourself. And I've noticed recently that I've, my water intake has been lower than usual and I've felt it and my skin feels it. I feel like I'm not as radiant, <laughs> <laughs> um, but reducing sugar. And for me, I found out I developed lactose intolerance in the last like year or two. 
Um, and it's, I think it's pretty hereditary, but I also, uh, just feel horrible every time I have dairy and my skin breaks out and mm-hmm. my stomach just kaploops itself and it's just no yeah. fun. <laughs> just doesn't make you feel good. Yeah. And then other than that, um, I, I, I love that actually. I think that's a pretty good heuristic for nutrition. Uh, do you feel mm-hmm. good? Yeah. Do you feel good? And, and keep tinkering with that. But as I've been tinkering, I've been doing this for a while. As I've been tinkering, the, the best things for me have been whole foods and as little as little as possible to no processing as possible. Um, so just like whole vegetables, um, raw, and then, you know, cook them, but cook them lightly, like salt, pepper, maybe some olive oil. Um, I don't, I don't like trying to cook my food too much, if that makes sense. Like I'm not trying to do too much when I'm cooking. Um, I think you can cook almost any food with salt, pepper, and olive oil and or butter. Um, and then low carb, uh, to no carb has been really beneficial for me as far as energy levels. Um, and I realized that there's a whole school of philosophy out there that I'm not, I'm not opposed to. It just ha- didn't work for me so long and I'm up, I'm game to try it more, but I realized the whole vegan philosophy is based off of a mainly carb diet. And that has, that didn't work mm-hmm. out for me in the month that I gave it, but I, I yeah. feel like I should try, you know, maybe four or five months, but I just feel so good on this current mix that I'm, I'm a little hesitant to try new things at this point. Um, and I'm not locked in my school of belief, but I just feel great. So mm-hmm. I think I think just optimizing now from here is where I need to go. So I know that there's companies that exist which will take like a DNA sample mm-hmm. and they will try to tell you which diet is most compatible with your DNA. Interesting. And I, I would know that. love to see what mine would be because yeah. there's some people who are better at processing carbs. Yeah. There's some people who are better at processing fats. Yeah. And it's completely true that there's just a different optimal diet for different people. Yeah. And a lot of it is is based on your DNA because certain people and certain heritages kind of evolved to live off the land where they, yeah. uh, I guess, evolved. Yeah. So people who are from like Northern Europe are less likely to be lactose, lactose intolerant than people who, you know, originated in Africa because the people there adapted to live off the, you know, the cows. So, you know, like white people, yeah. less lactose intolerant in general. Interesting. Yeah. That's so interesting. Um, yeah, I totally believe that though. It makes sense. Like just yeah. based off of where you kind of like where your tribe was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Another another thing that that works really well for me is and this 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 spans several areas of my life is just doing it every day. So and when I'm dieting, I don't like especially when I'm cutting weight, I don't make it hard. Like I'm a very atomic habit style. I make it uh, satisfying in a lot of ways, and I make it uh, pretty frictionless to do good. So like I'll get rid of things in my house that I don't want to eat. I'll make sure I'm only surrounded by like good snacks if I if I feel like I need to snack. Um, these are all just kind of tools of the trade over years of trying this stuff. Um, doing it every day, like not having cheat days actually helps me. Um, I know that some, for some people, okay. cheat days really help because they're like encouragement. But I want to just get in good habits to support my lifestyle and I want those to be like my identity. So I don't want to have a cheat day because that feels like it's acknowledging the fact that that's not who my real identity is. And like on the cheat day, I get to be okay. who I really am. And if that makes sense, does it help you to be all or nothing? Yes. Yeah. So, so, you know, when I'm, when I'm doing my best with my nutrition, 
it's all or nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm eating really good all the time. I'm getting a lot of water in. I'm eating a lot of greens. I have, I have, uh, lean proteins. Um, I, I have fats that come from fruits and, and nuts and vegetables. And I don't eat a lot of like fatty meat. I don't eat, um, very many carbs. I still have carbs, but I, I think you should keep like, for me personally, I found I'm best when I keep it under like half a cup a day of like whatever. So Mm -hmm. half a cup of, um, I don't really count like vegetable carbs because they're usually pretty fibrous, but quinoa, for example, like if I have half a cup of quinoa that day, it's really good. I, I sit really good and my energy is like good the next day for the gym or something like that. But the point is just do it every day. Come with the same approach. This is who I am. This is, I'm an, I, I, I use food for fuel mm-hmm. that makes me better in my creative endeavors, my relationships, my uh, exercise. And I think generally just makes me a better person at the end of the day. Okay. So, one thing that I think is very or not talked about enough in nutrition mm-hmm. is when you eat your food and not just what. Oh, so yeah, intermittent fasting point. is kind of popular right now. Yeah. But I heard somewhere that eating a salad at nine o'clock at night it, uh, induces as much um, glycemic stress on your body as eating a piece of cheesecake like during lunch because if you try to eat late at night and then fall asleep, your body like doesn't, it's not as restful. Interesting. And I, I guess when you eat your food relation to when you sleep mm-hmm. and all your other like lifestyle habits is really important. And I am not super knowledgeable about that, but I'd yeah. love to know what you think about intermittent fasting and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think these are important uh, conversations to have in this, in this field, but and I'm no expert, but I've done a lot of research in this stuff and there's actually varying, I've, I've heard varying, um, points. <laughs> I've heard varying points on whether that's good or bad for you eating any time of the day, whether timing of your food matters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people, I think we can all agree though, for the most part, that eating before bed causes you some stress just mm-hmm. because you're processing things like while you're supposed to be sleeping. I think getting those things like into deep processing, like basically in your intestines, like past your stomach tissue, you're you're getting to a place that's not so active, I, mm-hmm. I think. I, I, this is just straight off the hip. So I'm not sure. Um, I do know what's really, really important is if you're taking your lifting seriously and you're eating like six meals a day or something, trying to keep your metabolism high, that um, having a little bit of carbs or sugar before the gym, um, especially like natural sugar. So like a really great pre-workout meal is, especially if you don't take pre-workout, is like a tangerine. That's like a really good, or like some some dried mangoes. Um, and taking like a cup of those or just a whole cutie or two cuties before you you have you hit the gym, you can get a really nice um, like even carb distribution and energy distribution throughout your workout. Um, this is it's like I know a lot of lifters will adopt that. Um, but intermittent fasting, I can just I've been doing it for like a year and a half, and I break it sometimes, but very rarely, probably like ninety two percent of the time. <laughs> approximately ninety two percent. Approximately ninety two percent of the time, I'm I'm inter- intermittent fasting ninety two to ninety five. What and, is your interval? And my interval is twelve to eight, so that adds up to twenty, which is not twenty four. No, no, no. It's like I only eat from 12 p.m. Oh, to 8 p.m. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. That wasn't clear. Um, but yeah, so I, I 
don't eat it all until 12 and then from and I don't eat past 8. Okay. And I usually honestly don't eat past 7, but sometimes I eat later. And I'm I'm not as strict with the late time, but it is it's definitely nicer when I eat earlier and have more time to myself like without eating before I try to sleep. Um but the benefits in the morning I feel like of intermittent fasting are where I fear it the most. I feel so productive until I have that first meal. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. And I'm sh- maybe you know more because don't you intermittent fast too for the most part? Mm-hmm. Do you do you know why? Isn't there some sort of like focus enhancement because we were like cavemen or something like that? So it's kind of the same theory behind why keto makes your brain more efficient mm. is if you've depleted your carb stores yeah. and your body's converting a little bit of fat, you you feel more even in your um, energy levels. Okay. And then once you have your lunch meal that spikes your carbs again, it spikes your glycemic index, mm-hmm. which will is why people get tired after lunch. That's, yeah. I feel energized at my lunch times instead mm-hmm. of tired. And I haven't found any reason to stop intermittent mm-hmm. fasting. I really enjoy it. I feel, I feel great. Would you ever experiment with doing a full fast, like going three days yes, without eating Yes, actually, I really want to do that. I actually think it's important when you've eaten some shit, to kind of cleanse your body of those things. Mm -hmm. And those are really good opportunities to just not eat for a while. And I actually do that sort of naturally. Um, I, I try to, I try to intuitively feel out these things. I'm, I'm constantly kind of, okay, how am I feeling? How am I feeling? How am I feeling? And I think kind of intuiting when I should take those breaks and, and do um, like a, I'll do a one day fast every now and then, but I do want to, Um, prep my body and do like a very intentional like week fast at one point or another Mm -hmm. i know there's like some mineral water that you're supposed to drink while you're on that fast just because you're lacking a lot of like basic nutrients that Mm -hmm. you can get from just your everyday stuff um but there's like some there and and you're supposed to eat like malt salt or something like that Weird. Um, yeah, you're you're supposed to eat salt, and then you're supposed to take some minerals just to make sure you don't like die. <laughs> and then yeah. I, there's also an insulin. Like you want to check your insulin levels mm-hmm. um, throughout that week. Yeah, you have to be really careful when you start eating again that you yeah. don't eat too quickly. Yeah, but like I think a three day fast you can actually do surprisingly mm-hmm. in in good health. I think it's really interesting that fasting historically is associated with religions. Yeah, and that is interesting. There's a lot of religions which you know kind of. Uh, I don't know, say that fasting is good or that's part of the religion. Yeah. And I don't think that that's by accident. Like, I, I don't think, think so there's either. probably some benefits in fasting. A hundred percent. I bet there's such a deep layer of focus from that state. I mm-hmm. bet it's a lot like when you go on a long run and you're in this sort of meditative um, pain state. That's not really mm-hmm. pain, but it's just like you're in a different place mentally. At least I am. <laughs> when when I, every time I'm in an uncomfortable situation like that, I feel like that's a just amount and just right amount of uncomfort to alter your focus and get really really lasered in. Hmm. I bet that's why. I bet I if, know, I, I've never done like a real fast, but I'm I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, one day fast or not, like you can do it. But like three day fast, I feel like you'd be starting to touch it. I bet on the fourth day you're like starting to hallucinate a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> Hopefully not hallucinating. From <laughs> That's a lack why it's of like food. Re- religious. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking to God because you <laughs> didn't eat your oatmeal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, 
I just, I know there's a ton out there about food and it can be super daunting to approach, but the key, the key takeaway from this episode is just that the more, I guess, again, like every episode, the more we can be intentional about these topics and the more we can approach our lives with intentionality, the better we can be at the end of the day. And I think that's the first step. Um, just approaching your nutrition with intentionality, with the pretense that food is fuel, food is medicine, food is health and health is wealth. That's another thing, (laughs) you know? So like you, you can do more when you're healthy, when you're unable, you can't do anything, you know? Yeah. I think health is kind of a big gateway into enjoying your life. If you're not healthy, I think it is just categorically harder to enjoy life. Seriously. And I think we just take a lot for granted most of us because we're mm-hmm. largely functioning even when we do put shit yeah. in our bodies. But when you start putting good shit in your body, you're just like fueled and ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it feels way different. And when you start getting intentional about this shit, like you can do so much more mm-hmm. and you don't, it's one of those things you don't know until you do it. And then you're like, shit, what was I doing all this time? <laughs> like maybe yeah. ice cream isn't great for me. You know, it does taste, good. it tastes so good. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> I miss it. I'm lactose and I hate, and I don't want sugar and I still love ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really it for me. I just wanted to, I just want to bring that up. I feel like it's important to take it seriously. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, of course. I'm so not perfect, but I'm trying to get better all the time and I'll, I'll continue to share like what I, what I learned. Do you have any resources online or something that you (sighs) have benefited from that you would recommend other people to explore? It's so hard because it's just mm-hmm. so much. Yeah. Um, I have a good one that I really enjoy. It's called Mark's Daily Apple. And yeah. he has some wacky ideas about metabolic flexibility. And uh-huh. he, he really preaches the uh, primal diet. Okay. So eating, you know, whole foods, like you were saying, yeah. plants and animals. Um, and he recommends people to try keto out. So he's very well researched and some of his conclusions might not be what works for you, but uh-huh. he's a good resource for sure. Okay. Well, that's a good resource. I, I really appreciated uh, Jeff Nippard's work. He's a YouTuber and blogger and ultimately a um, strength coach, but he has really well-researched ideas when mm-hmm. it comes to hyper- hypertrophy, nutrition, muscle building in general, endurance, longevity. Okay. Um, and yeah, I don't know his full story, but I, I have gotten a lot of value from Jeff Nippard. He's been, he's been very helpful. Um, I guess I needed to say one more thing. I was forgetting. Oh, we're going to start doing an accountability channel on our discord at mm-hmm. some point. And as part of that, and as part of this conversation, I wanted to kind of put myself out there and I don't know, okay. be a part of a the little bit of public accountability. Yeah. I just wanted to be a part of the accountability channel and like, like, I don't know, be a first early adopter of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not done yet. I'm still working on the Yeah, code. Yeah, of course. When it is done, I'm going to do a three month, no sugar deal. I did a month back in, uh, March from a, uh, March to April. And I think it was really beneficial for me, but I think I can do better. So I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, and what I mean by no sugar is I'm going to still eat fruit, um, and natural sugars, but, and I, I'm going to largely avoid processed sugars and no PGO rings. Yeah. No PGOs. <laughs> um, um, no ice creams, no cookies, no, no desserts, no, mm-hmm. nothing like that. But I'm, I'm, what I will admit is peanut butter for my smoothies. 
Um, there's a little bit of sugar in my micronutrient uh, scoop and a little bit of sugar in my protein scoop. And there's, I, I'm not going to take off honey this time Ooh. for three months. Okay. So, but I will have like a, a teaspoon of honey every now and then. You're just going to chug honey? In, yeah. <laughs> in my tea. You in my tea. your fix of sugar, you're just going to pour it right in your mouth? <laughs> yeah. No, I just wanted to um, put myself out there and, and, and say that. So I guess whenever the, from, from whenever that channel's done and the bot's done, okay. um, we'll launch that and I'll go on three months okay, and we'll, yeah. we'll go for it. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Um, where can they find us? So we're on the internet. Uh, <laughs> liveinevernow.com is our website. We have a Twitter and Instagram at liveinevernow. Um, we post on Twitter every day, like a little link to something cool. Yeah. Uh, a Discord channel, which is popping off. You know, we're getting accountability channels and yeah. stuff going on there. So yeah, come hang out. Sweet. Well, thanks for being here. Will, thanks for being here. It was great talking with you and we'll see you next time. Bye.